the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Well, on today's program, a very special guest joining us and perhaps one that won't be a stranger to you. He is a man that served the United States in the armed forces for 20 years and has served God and the church for even many, many more years. He is the senior pastor of Faith Fellowship Church. You see the big sign quite often as you drive up the 880 in San Leandro. And what a delight to have join us on the program today, the senior pastor of Faith Fellowship Foursquare, Pastor Vince Taylor. Pastor Taylor, welcome. Great to have you with us. Hey, thank you, Craig. We are looking forward to the conversation and uh, an opportunity for our listeners to get to know a bit more about you and uh, the amazing ministry taking place there in San Leandro. But let's start with a little bit of your background. I alluded to the fact that you uh, served in the United States Navy for some 20 years. Thank you very much for your service. And part of that time you were involved in ministry. So kind of give us a look at the the trajectory and what eventually brought you to um, Oakland Naval Hospital and eventually into what is now full-time pastoral ministry. Wow, that's a, a really good start. I remember being in the Bay Area back in 1982, no, 1983, and I was with friends. We got off our ship. I was stationed aboard the USS New Jersey. That's a battleship, uh, uh, one that I take pride in serving on. And I asked the Lord one day as we were driving down 580, I said, this is a beautiful place. When I finish my tour aboard ship, I would like to uh, live here, Lord. I'd like to really enjoy this area. Well, uh, God answers prayer because shortly thereafter, after my tour there, I was transferred here and looking for a church, also looking for a place to live. I met a friend that is still a friend to this day. Her name is Sheila Watson. She was my landlord and invited me to church here at Faith Fellowship. And that has um, uh, just gone from being youth minister, uh, serving on the prayer team at Faith Fellowship, and just doing all kinds of uh, ministry things in Faith Fellowship, and ultimately coming back to the Bay Area when I retired in 1980, 1998, and started to serve here. I've been the senior associate pastor here since 1978, and then in 2020 became the senior pastor here at Faith Fellowship. But it was on that very ship, uh, Craig, is where I gave my heart to the Lord. I um, was leaving port in Long Beach and just felt this very unusual tug on my heart. And I found a place to go and pray. And I said, God, I'm leaving my family behind right now. And I really just want you to protect me. My mom was a praying mom. I mean, really a praying mom. Um, And I gave my heart to the Lord June 9th, 1983. And I've been serving him all those years. 
And, you know, ministry is something you start out with just as, well, Lord, I need to do something in church. And then, of course, God takes the steering wheel and here I am. Now, the fact that you were in the Navy and, in fact, a 20-year careerman indicates that uh, you weren't a bum. <laughs> you, you, were, you were focused on a career and making a difference. And yet, I wonder, you allude to your mom being a praying mother. I, for, for parents eavesdropping right now that say, oh, Pastor Taylor, you have no idea. We've had such a difficult time with our son, our daughter. We have been praying, and it yet seems as if they just, you know, no matter how hard we pray, no matter what we say, they have not come full circle to surrender themselves to Christ yet, even if it's a son or a daughter who's successful and doing well but outside the fellowship of Christ. What do you say to that person in terms of the importance and the value of being persistent and consistent at being that praying parent on behalf of a child? Well, I'll say this. I remember the various times that I knew I was not living the way my parents raised me. I knew that. It was very clear to me. Uh, I was taught well. But it was always that sense of knowing God, just having a, a something that parents deposit in their children, and that is a relationship with God or the knowledge of God, at least, that someone is watching over you, watching what you say. One of my mom's favorite lines was, if you ever find yourself in trouble, call on the name of Jesus. I never forgot that to this day. And I did that many, many times. And I'll say to the moms, the dads out there right now, there were times when my parents could look at me and say, he's not walking the way that we have prayed that he would. Uh, don't give up. Don't give in. Don't allow the enemy to tell you that prayer doesn't work. Don't give the enemy an opportunity to cause you to grow weary in praying for your children. You do this. God answers prayer. You continue. Be steadfast in that don't weary in well-doing. In due season, you will reap. Just so, don't faint. So you're telling our listeners that the faithful, fervent prayer of a righteous father or a righteous mother does indeed avail us much. It, and I'm a living witness to that because the reality is, is that uh, at any point in time before I gave my heart to the Lord, they could say, Lord, do you hear us? This boy is just going north and south, east and west. And uh, do you hear us, Lord? And uh, the day came, June 9th, 1983. And I, when I told my mom, uh, she was ecstatic. Uh, I, in fact, I was on my way to a, on a cruise that ended up in uh, off the coast of uh, Lebanon. And I marvel at that because right now, United States ships are off the coast of Lebanon and Israel right now, just as they were in 1983 and 84 and after. Um, boy, it's uh, dating myself a little bit, but Ronald Reagan was president at the time. And um, in October of that year, I woke up one morning and um, two terrorists had driven a truck bomb through the Marine Corps barracks. 241 Marines killed uh, while we were there in that on that tour. And so now watching the news and what's going on in Israel today, it just stirs up memories. I'm 
I'm mindful of the young men and women that are off that coast right now and their parents are praying for them like my mom did and hoping everyone returns home safely. Uh, but the world, I guess there's really nothing new under the sun, Craig. It just... Uh, kind of repeats itself it does indeed and you know that that sense of the powder keg uh, you know close to any foolish dictator lighting a match could explode anywhere and a good reminder i think to pray for those who sacrifice their lives be it for two year three year stint or for 20 years like yourself in service of god and country uh, that we even if we don't have anybody in our immediate household that's in active military duty they may be as a reservist but we should always be in prayer for our military because they literally are on the front lines defending not only our own nation but democracy around the world it, you know you you mentioned earlier about the fact that obviously you've been raised in a, in a god-honoring household how significant of a difference from your perspective is that 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 difference between knowing of god and knowing god because we'll oftentimes talk to people and say oh yeah i've gone to church when i was a kid maybe they still go to church now they i know about god but is there a difference between knowing about him and knowing him as in personally absolutely i i i would describe it this way i used to call on my mom's god uh because it was her God that I was praying to, the one that I would hear her praying to, or it was her God that I was asking to help me or see me through things. It wasn't my God. And and I say that to say that there is a difference where I'm doing what I'm told. My parents tell me to pray. My parents tell me to call on the Lord. But my life and calling on the Lord were not consistent. They weren't compatible until one day he becomes your Lord. He is my Lord and my Savior. And there's a very, very distinct difference between the God of my parents and the God that I now serve. So that is the experience uh, as best I can describe it. There is the reality that God has set eternity in, in our hearts. People know of God. But there is a very, very um, strong and significant difference between him becoming your Lord and your Savior. And anyone who's religious, just know that it's not enough. It's just not enough. It's a personal relationship that God wants to have with us. Our conversation today with Pastor Vince Taylor, Senior Pastor of Faith Fellowship of San Leandro. A brief time out. Back to more of our conversation in just a moment. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Welcome back. We're visiting today with Pastor Vince Taylor. He's Senior Pastor of Faith Fellowship Church of San Leandro. Pastor Taylor, let's return to our conversation from a moment ago. During the Christmas season, certainly we give a nod to the babe in the manger, folks that um, perhaps find it difficult to be out of bed on a Sunday morning during the other 51 weeks of the year will somehow manage to uh, to make it to church at Christmas time. Uh, and that would seem to fit into, the, again, that category of almost being sort of a, a Christian because it's the cultural thing. It's the historical thing. It's what you did as a child. It's what you were raised to do, like you were raised to pay your taxes on time. You don't necessarily want to do it, but you were given the message that it's something that you ought to be doing. But when you talk about that 
personal relationship, Pastor Taylor, and that difference that it makes. You know, clearly when we talk about the broader picture of eternity, and, and oftentimes that question that is posed, if you were to die today, do you know where your destiny would be? Where would you go? But moreover, the notion of knowing personally the very creator of the universe, he who sent his only begotten son, whose birth we celebrate this time of year, to eventually die on a cross to pay the penalty of sin for all of us between our own sin nature and the Adamic sin nature that we've inherited. And and through that substitutionary work on the cross to be forgiven and to be reconciled unto relationship with very God, the creator of the universe himself. Wow, I mean, it's difficult for a a finite mind to sort of wrap itself around the, the, the powerfulness and the degree of love that God has shown toward mankind as an infinitely loving God. But I would imagine when you begin to capture a little bit of a notion of the difference between knowing of God and knowing God, it really is literally all the difference in the world, isn't it? Amen. It is. Well, and you know what, Craig, you just preached a message right there. Um, you know that because the coming in to, you know, just the acceptance, acknowledgement, realization, recognition of the fact that we're sinners is just it, it's it changes the game in, in a sense. Who can argue with God that they have not sinned? Who could ever do that? And so once you start to recognize, and that's what makes the gospel so so powerful, it brings people into a real conversation about the fact that, yes, you are a sinner. Yes, I am a sinner. And that begins to open the door to, then what am I going to do about it? And is there a heaven? Is there a hell? And where will I spend eternity? Uh, do I believe in eternity? Of course I do. And I think most people, if they're honest, will say, yes, I, I believe there is an afterlife. I believe there's something that happens after this earthly existence. So I'm saying that, the uh, as uh, John said, uh, if we say we have no sin, we're basically calling God a liar. And so the reality of coming to grips with it and acknowledging it and then wanting to know, is there an answer for me? I've ruined my life. Can I... Um, restore some uh, a sense of you know success or can i do something that blesses the other end of my life the first early years teenager and those years maybe to some they're lost well then what are you going to do with the rest and most importantly when you become a parent you start to concern yourself with this god thing and what am I going to do to let them know about it? What am I going to Am I going to leave them ignorant of God? And therefore, if there is one, I'm just going to allow them to live in eternity separate from God. And those things start to hit you. Uh, you start to realize that my son was born in 1983. That was the exact year I gave my heart to the Lord that now I'm a dad. I was a husband a year earlier. Now I'm a dad. And so I have to 
really take these things serious now. And he's going to grow up and he's going to live a life. And what do you want for him? Well, I don't want him using drugs. I don't want him to have a life of, of sin and perhaps incarceration. So what are you going to do about it? Well, I'm going to ask God to help him. And I'm going to teach him about the Lord the way my parents did me. And I think that is basically my story right there. I've got to do this. I got to give him a chance at life abundantly and eternal life. Changed everything. And the importance of that foundation. I mean, as a military guy, you know, when you first came into the United States Navy, there was a period of boot camp. They kind of, you know, break you down to build you up. They build that foundation of of discipline and responsiveness and readiness and preparedness. And in many respects, a relationship with the Lord, particularly for a young child, as you train him or her up in the fear and admonition of the Lord, is that boot camp, so to speak, for all that's going to be tossed at them later in life. You know, let's face it, most parents, you know, the, the extent of the real true influence that you have is for the first 18 years, um, sometimes even less. Uh, if they decide never to get married and they keep coming back home again, maybe it lasts longer. But on average, you got about 18 years to prepare your son and daughter for everything life is going to throw at them, even including a period of time when mom and dad will no longer be there to come to for advice. And so that that sense of sort of the 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 moral, spiritual boot camp camp that foundation for every son and daughter is so critically important and i think most parents would agree the problem sometimes is getting focused enough to recognize and because of that necessity that they need to be equipped with all the tools and skills just as you were at boot camp for anything that might come you know they 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 run a shot across the bow how do you man the guns how do you respond how do you you know man the torpedoes all of that uh, take to take a defensive or sometimes offensive position well in the same token in life preparing them for the same thing and knowing that it has been well done i think is where parents need to realize Boot camp starts now, and you just can't hope that maybe they'll figure things out. And the importance of getting a child at the earliest of age, rooted in a local body of believers, going to Sunday school, learning with other children, under mentoring of of pastoral leadership, that all of those keys are really sort of preparing a child with the boot camp of life. Exactly. I mean, well said, Craig. I I think about that um, because one of the things I... I don't know where I picked this up, but I did somewhere along the line. And that is that I'm not raising a boy. I'm training a man. Mm. He's going to be a boy. The shortest part of his life, the majority of his life will be as a full grown man where he's going to have to make decisions. He's going to have to uh, navigate his life and He's going to have to do all the things that are necessary um, and pay taxes, like you said earlier. (laughs) He's got to do that. And I realized that I'm raising also the father of my grandchildren. Mm. And so I have three now and I watch him parent them in a very similar way that I raised him, that him, that me and his mom did to train him up. I see a lot of his mother in him which is what people would say to me. I see a lot of your mom and you 
And so that is so, so uh, important because they're going to be adults one day and the majority of their life will be as an adult. And now they're going to raise your grandchildren. Um, we invest in them so that they will invest in our grandchildren. He takes his children to church. Uh, they go to Sunday school. They read the Bible at home. They listen to worship music. They pray over their food. It's everything that I would have wanted him to do. And this is the reward. This is the payback from God for the diligence and the willingness to invest in them. But I will say this. When I grew up, uh, most of my friends had a mom and a dad. There were two parent households. My, my sorrow for today is that that's just not the case as it was then. And there was dad to do the things that dad would do. And then there was mom to do the things that mom would do. Today, I call our single parent moms and dads my heroes because they are now coach, teacher, mentor, disciplinarian, um, cook, their personal chef. They are everything. And it's a tough job. It's a tough task. And so in our vision for our church, which we have four pillars, one being evangelism, the other being discipleship, the other family, and the other um, uh, discipleship, family, uh, evangelism, and discipleship, family, and to be a praying church. I'm sorry. So we are a praying church. We open our services um, with 30 minutes of prayer on Wednesday night and Sundays, both on uh, at 9 o'clock. The service starts at 9, the prayer starts at 8.30. So the family aspect of that is to teach young people to, you know what, if you're going to have a relationship, let it be with your husband and your wife, not a guy or a girl. If you're going to have children, bring them up in a two-parent home. Um, this relationship, one relationship to another, it's not okay. It's not a God thing. It would be better to remain single and celibate than to bring children up today without both parents. And so that's, um, that's important to us. The first institution that God established was the family. There were no businesses and Apple and Google uh, in the garden, there was the family. And so we are very, very focused on building our men's ministry and our women's ministry to teach those things that's important to us. Our conversation today with Pastor Vince Taylor, Senior Pastor of Faith Fellowship of San Leandro. A brief time out, back to more of our conversation in just a moment. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Welcome back. We're visiting today with Pastor Vince Taylor. He's Senior Pastor of Faith Fellowship Church of San Leandro. Pastor Taylor, let's return to our conversation from a moment ago. You know, if we look at what's going on in society all around us, certainly in the broader Western world, but but to be sure in the United States, I, I think that we've learned that the notion of, well... I don't know what to do, so I think about how my parents would handle a situation as I'm dealing with my own son or daughter and do the opposite. <laughs> that's not 
a parenting <laughs> tool uh, that is a recipe for disaster. And and parents, your responsibility to lead, to set example, to mentor is critically important so that your son, your daughter will grow up. And when they someday are called, you know, adopt the title of mom or dad, they can say, in this circumstance, what would have mom done? What would dad do? And then follow suit as opposed to just rolling the dice and saying, well, let me just do the opposite and hope for a good outcome. And and I appreciate Pastor Vince, your sensitivity in that arena, because there's also a huge opportunity here for the church. Now, mind this, that while, yes, we have to acknowledge there is a significant number of single moms and single dads that literally, as you alluded to, are, are pulling double duty. Because That's just right. because one parent is absent doesn't mean the responsibilities and duties of that parent for a child somehow have disappeared. That just means that now the single parent is saddled with all that responsibility as well. But to be mindful of the idea that there are so many in the church today who have finished their career, raised their children, they sit on a bank of experience and knowledge that might be 60, 70 years deep. The opportunity for that individual says, well, I'm retired. I guess it's read the newspaper and have my coffee at eight by nine o'clock putter around in the the garden and by 10 I have nothing yet left to do, to see the opportunity to get refired for the Lord and get involved in mentoring young people, whether you do it through volunteering with an official program at church or just recognize that there's a young boy, a young girl in the church congregation, you know that that mom, that dad is struggling to be able to provide some role modeling for that child, whether it be tutoring for school choices or, 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 or education and, and, and lessons, or just take the kid out to a baseball game. I think the church has got a golden opportunity to kind of try to short circuit this ongoing cycle of single parent families and give the existing single parents a little bit of a break. And most importantly, the children a greater, a greater shot at succeeding at life. Amen. That's interesting that you would say that. In fact, last Sunday, we had a friend. Now, she's a friend of mine since probably 1987, 1988. I met her and her husband years ago when I first came to Faith Fellowship. And uh, recently, she's come back to our church. And um, I introduced her Sunday because she is now leading a ministry that uh, seeks mentors for uh, orphans. And uh, she ma- made a presentation on Sunday, and we're asking our church to adopt an orphan, um, spending some time with them. She wasn't asking for money. Uh, I mean, that's kind of the thing that most people want to do, and, and that's okay. But what she's more, what she's looking for more than anything is time and wisdom and sharing and relationship with uh, the orphans that are part of her ministry. So you're right. Um, that is uh, an opportunity instead of just kind of, you know, picking vegetables in your garden. Uh, we can um, harvest um, young people or we can spend time with them, uh, watering them, uh, giving them some uh, some food for growth. Uh, spending time with them, a game or something. I remember going to a, 
uh, a professional sports game as a kid. That was huge to me. Um, wow, look at all these people here. There are more people here than there are at church. <laughs> that was always the case. But, you know, and uh, it's important for us to invest um, that talent that God gave us. And retirement doesn't mean bury the talent. It means it's just a different um, level of life. Amen. You, you have more time now. I want to pivot to something that you just said, uh, the notion of, of seeing the stadium fuller on a Sunday than uh, the local church. Now, that shouldn't at all suggest that we need to open up a hot dog stand in the front of the vestibule or, you know, have cheerleaders on the front squad, you know, the, the front pew or anything of that sort. What it does suggest, though, that the body of Christ needs to do a better job of getting back together again. And you and I talked briefly before we came on the air today about some of the impact of COVID. And we know that during that, that very confusing muddled time in March, April of 2020, it was just about trying to figure out how to beat this thing and how to protect people and, and all of that. But sadly, some folks, I think, uh, post-COVID, as we have uh, begun to come out of that experience and life is returning back to some semblance of normalcy, has kind of gotten comfortable. And, and while it'd be nice to get out of bed, pour a cup of coffee and sit there and enjoy church in your fuzzy bunny slippers in your bathrobe, that isn't really what God has designed us to do as the body of believers, is it? It's not. And you know, one of the things that as I watch people come in to church with smiles on their faces, some of them and some of them going through difficult times, church is a great opportunity to connect with people to just we all share in this thing called life and we we have things to offer. And then sometimes we can worship our way out of a, you know, a period of anxiety and fear and doubt. I believe church offers to everybody an opportunity to receive from the Lord. And that's through people sometimes when we embrace one another, which I'm glad we can do now. Uh, when we were in COVID, I mean, everybody was afraid of everybody. And now we can have that um, sense of family again. And that's what's missing. And it's also the ability to serve in the capacity that God has called you. Uh, serving from your bedroom is a little bit difficult in the kingdom. And so people getting back to normal. Church is normal, especially in America. It's not the abnormal church and church attendance and spending time on the Lord's Day together with other believers, that's still important. That is not something that we are evolving away from. And COVID did a lot of damage in that. But as we spoke earlier, we talked about the fact that our reach is a little, it's a little more far reaching now because we can reach people with our uh, live broadcasts on Sundays and Wednesdays all around the world through YouTube and Facebook. So that's good. That was a good result of COVID. But getting away from the the family gathering, the assembling ourselves together to worship the Lord, um, that's vital. And I encourage everybody to 
go back to normal. What you're doing now, for the most part, is abnormal if you're not in fellowship. Go back to what really is normal. Uh, uh, on Sundays, I remember a time, Greg, when it, where I grew up in Texas, you couldn't, liquor stores weren't open on Sundays. Right. You couldn't buy Sundays uh, because that was the world at that time. I mean, of course, now you could do anything you want. Um, but uh, we used to reverence Sunday in America. It was special. And uh, I hope we can work our way back to that. I really, really do. And that's our goal. And one of the ways I want to accomplish it is through our worship team offering not a song service, but genuine worship before the Lord where we are actually trying to follow John for worshiping in spirit and in truth. Amen. Not a song service, but worshiping the Lord. And we have what I believe is, is one of the best worship leaders in our area, Sister Yoshika McAllister as our worship leader, and Pam Adams and Giovanni White, which is a mother and daughter team, uh, as our choir directors, along with a dear friend, Lisa Crutcher. I believe that we try to offer genuine worship where people can engage with the Lord and corporately, but also in that own personal, your own personal way. Amen. Uh, we need that. Everybody needs that. You know, at the end of the day, it's it's that iron sharpening and iron experience. It as that bearing one another's burdens and so fulfilling the law of Christ experience. Now, this isn't to say if you're infirm and you can't get out of the house. Different story. If you're enjoying listening online and you happen to be in the middle of Utah, no, you don't have to fly into Oakland every Sunday morning. But if you're local. Be in church and be a part of the experience. And let me add, by the way, he's he's too humble to say it, but in addition to the phenomenal worship team at Faith Fellowship Foursquare in San Leandro, I have it on good authority. There's a pretty spectacular pulpit ministry as well. Our conversation today with Pastor Vince Taylor, Senior Pastor of Faith Fellowship of San Leandro. A brief time out. Back to more of our conversation in just a moment. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Welcome back. We're visiting today with Pastor Vince Taylor. He's Senior Pastor of Faith Fellowship Church of San Leandro. I want to spend a moment here, if we can, Pastor, and just kind of pivot to uh, what God is doing at Faith Fellowship. I know that you've got service Sunday mornings twice at 11 and 9 a.m., Wednesday midweek, of course, at 7 p.m., but there is literally something for everyone from little kids all the way up to the seniors. So uh, for folks that are maybe new to the San Francisco Bay Area looking for a church home, we're saying, you know, we really do need to get it plugged into a church that not only is, is strong and Bible-believing and Bible-teaching preaching, but also allows us to really fully enter into that, that sense of corporate worship together. Just spend a moment, if you would, please, and tell us a bit about what the Lord is doing at Faith Fellowship. Well, let's start with our men's and women's ministry. Uh, I'll start there. Rhonda Hastings and Danny Banks. Those two are phenomenal in their outreach to men and women. They have uh, been doing these ministries uh, for a long time, um, and they serve with diligence and with excellence. So what I would say to any young man, um, there's an opportunity to lock arms with other men where you can spend time in the Word, 
in fellowship, outings, barbecues, games, just a lot of different events uh, that we we offer as a church. We we enjoy Sunday, we enjoy Wednesdays, but that's not the end of our ministry time. Our ministry time is uh, spending time with each other in different venues. We have our children's ministry, which we're really wanting to follow that. In, in Deuteronomy 4, which I read from Sunday, the Lord said to Moses to tell them to teach these things to their children so they will be careful to remember them and obey them that they would enjoy life in the land. And so our children's ministry is a strong focus for me to make sure that we are providing what they need to make sure that our children's environment is inviting, fun, and we're just continuing to build that. So if you have young children, um, bring them to church with you. We have a youth minister. His name is Jamal White. The guy is just um, hes a phenomenal Bible teacher. He loves those children. He loves uh, spending time with them, and he serves alongside of his wife. And they just just do a great job. We're trying to make sure that the uh, young people from around 14 or so to 18 are getting what they need just before they launch into life. Because that next stage, they're going to have to have some things in their backpack to carry along with them. And that's some lessons from the Word of God and things that they can rely on, truth and uh, just a relationship with the Lord. So some, those, some of that boot camp we talked about earlier. Exactly yeah. right. Boot camp is necessary because uh, sometimes you have to you have to run, and sometimes you have to run a little further than you thought you could. And you realize because you've run this race a little bit, you can see a finish line. Mm-hmm. And so, and boot camp was great for that. In fact, I've never been so humiliated in my life, actually, uh, as I was in boot boot camp because the whole idea was to break me down as a person and reshape me. In fact, one of the things that I really appreciate about the military was that I learned something that I kept with me. I have several medals, but one of them is called the Good Conduct Medal. Every four years, you are evaluated for your service every four years. And so the first uh, award is a ribbon itself that goes on your chest. And every four years, you're evaluated for a star. And for that 20-year period, there's a star, uh, four stars and a medal. And that represents 20 years of good conduct as far as uh, the military is concerned. And I want to carry that into my spiritual life is that I'd like to have a reward like that from the Lord. And it doesn't mean you never fall short or fail. It just means that whenever you fall, you get up. And um, that's what we should all do. Uh, We should strive to finish this race, as Paul said, because there is a crown laid up for us. And we want to share that message from week to week in various ways to people that no one's a failure before the Lord because he's provided the answer for all of our failings, and that is in Christ Jesus. That's our that's our reward. That's our our life. Our life is now hidden in Christ. And if you're not a believer, 
and you're listening, you, you should really consider eternity and where you're going to spend it. Because our Lord um, wouldn't spend time with us speaking a lot about this literal place called hell if it wasn't true. And heaven, though, uh, everybody should desire that. We're all appointed once to die. And after that, the judgment. It's just the way it is. And, of course, uh, along the way, that preparation um, to run the good race and to be prepared to fight the good fight. And if you think of church as a spiritual boot camp, then listen, what are you doing Sunday morning? We invite you to come on down and be a part of the worship experience at Faith Fellowship Foursquare Church, located at 577 Manor Boulevard in San Leandro. And you say, well, where's that? Well, if you had northbound on 880 you will likely see a huge billboard right there and it's very easy on and off the freeway so check them out details on web at faith-fellowship.us that's faith-fellowship or dash faith-fellowship.us you can also call the church directly at area code 510-357- 5723 510-357-5723. I want to thank Senior Pastor Vince Taylor from Faith Fellowship Foursquare Church of San Leandro for spending some time with us today. Pastor, thanks so much. It's been a delight. Oh, thank you, Craig. It's been it's been fun. Thank you very much. And I appreciate the opportunity. And I wish you well and have the uh, Merry Christmas. I hope this is the best ever. And to you and yours as well. There's Pastor Vince Taylor, Faith Fellowship Church of San Leandro. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of Lifeline. Thanks so much for being with us. And if there was anything you heard on today's show that you'd like to hear again or share with a friend, grab a copy of the Lifeline podcast. Simply log on to kfax.com. That's kfax.com for the Lifeline podcast. Our producer is Wanda Sanchez. I'm Craig Roberts. Till next time round, remember, just don't keep the faith. Get out there and share it and make it a great evening. So long. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.